Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR dashboard company that's helping all of you HR and people leaders eliminate that, eliminate that tedious, time-consuming, and manual process you call HR reporting. That's right. We know when all of you want a data-driven view of your workforce, you're typically logging into a bunch of different HR systems trying to pull these spreadsheets together to make sense of the data. You're always scratching your head thinking there must be a better way. Well, look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle, your very own HR analytics dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular systems out there. Are you using systems like ADP, Namely, Zenefits, Bamboo HR, OT Pro, Greenhouse, Lever, 15.5, Office 5, Reflective, you name it. We can pull in all your data from all your different systems into one place so you can view, share, track, and analyze all that data from one view. Please go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out, get a demo. We'd love to explore to figure out how we could partner to help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Emily Turner. She's the VP of People at Alton Lane. And today we're discussing how can HR add value to the employee experience. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Emily, welcome! <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Thank you for the warm welcome. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And as I tell certain guests, for a small fee, I can do that every time you enter the room and now get on a Zoom call. I can just be there <laughs> ready with that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I appreciate your offering for that. I might take you up on it. Awesome. So, Emily, before we get into it, we're going to kick this show off the best way we know how. And that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? I just by trial and error, I guess. But here's the the short of it. Um, I got a degree in fashion merchandising. I spent uh, like eight years out in the retail world doing merchandising. So making sure the stores looked great and the windows looked good and um, decorating for Christmas and things like that. But that um, lifestyle, um, the work-life balance is really hard because a lot of times I was traveling and you work overnight. And that wasn't necessarily conducive to um, my sanity, much less, you know, getting married and and wanting to have a, uh, you know, a consistent schedule. So a friend of mine, she was a recruiter at a, uh, a big government consulting firm called Booz Allen. And she said, I need a recruiting assistant. I think you could do it. You can talk to anybody. Will you take a 50% pay cut and come work for me? And I thought, this is my ticket in to try something different. And so I tried it. And 10 years later, I moved on to do some consulting. And then I was introduced to um, someone here. And here I am. But in that time, I've, you know, been a recruiter. I've been a job coach and counselor. I have been, um, I've worked and done um, employee relations things. And Along the way, I just knew that I wanted to help others have a great employee experience like I've had 
I've been really fortunate in my career that um, I've, I've worked for some great companies. I've worked for great leaders. I've learned a lot. And um, I want to share that with other people. That's awesome. And pro tip for anyone out there thinking about taking a massive pay cut to follow their dreams. You've heard it first, right from Emily, that sometimes it can work out. It was hard. I mean, God, I remember it so clearly. Like it was really, really hard, you know, when to take that cut. But it was the the risk and the the heartburn was really worth the reward because I I feel like my ten years at Booz Allen, I went to like the Harvard Business School of Recruiting. I learned so much, and I worked with so many different people, and I learned all aspects of the um, HR world and or people operations world. Um, I'm really grateful for that. Well, cliches are cliches for a reason. And sometimes you <laughs> have to take one step back to take two steps forward. So oh, yeah. we're so glad you did. And now you're here rocking and rolling and providing a ton of value in the HR space. So Emily, today, our topic is how can HR add value to the employee experience and to make sure that we're level setting and we're all talking about the same thing here. Can you give your very own and specific definition of what the employee experience means to you? What does that all include? Oh, it's it's so many things. It's about um, it's not just about it's not just about liking the work that you do. Like I've been here for four years. We're a startup. Well, and we're I'd say we're now we're a small company. But you know, we went from when I got here, maybe it was like. 25 employees and now we're at 45 and by the end of this year I expect us to be at 60 which is huge growth for a small company um and it's not just about like the the work that you do every day it's about um how you feel about going to work your confidence and how you um interact with your colleagues and it doesn't matter what level they are be it ceo and you know um and, and others. Um, and it's, it's also about feeling connected to the mission um, of the work that you're doing, no matter if like you're packing boxes or you are, you know, um, coding for our website. And it's also feeling like not just that you're a part of, you're an important part of the um, organization that you're appreciated and also that you are understood and being understood, I think, is is really, really important. I know it's really important to me. I want people to know how much I really do care about others. Um, I wear it on my sleeve, but I still worry that people don't, don't know. It's just a thing of mine. <laughs> but I want to share that with more people because there's something about at the end of the day going home. And do I work sometimes at night? Uh, a little bit too much. but. At the same time, I sleep easy because I like what I do. And I know that I'm building something. I know that we are building something as a group here, as a community at Alton Lane. And um, I want to see it through. I want to win, but I don't want to win alone. I want to win together. And I want to celebrate that with my team. You mentioned the fact that feeling and being understood is something that's important to you. What does that look like for a company to make employees feel like they're understood or for that employee to feel, you know what, this company gets me? A lot of times it doesn't, it has nothing to do with like the, the role and responsibilities of their job. It has to do with understanding what makes them tick. And 
you know, it can be anything from I was onboarding um, somebody that was rejoining the company after taking, she moved away and then she came back and she just had her first baby. And normally with onboarding, it is like figuring out, okay, here's your iPad, here are your keys, here's, you know, all the, here's all the, um, you know, temporary passwords to sign into all the different websites that we have. But it's also, oh my gosh, she just had, she just moved from across the country. I know she didn't have an easy year last year because there were certain personal things that caused her to leave the position. And she just had a baby. I should be making sure that she's feeling okay about getting back to work. And I should also ask her, you know, does she need space for nursing? Does she need like um, a different kind of schedule? Do accommodations need to be made for her to just get back into it? And, and again, that doesn't have to do with necessarily her job expectations or her role. It has to do with making sure that they are set up for success and can function and adjust like a human being needs to, because we're all, we all have feelings and emotions and they come to work with us and we need to be able to deal with them at all times and feeling supported. It makes people feel more connected to the mission. So it's, it's, you know, there's, there's a win-win on both ends, but I think going the extra mile really does matter. And that's an example of it. When it comes to looking at the entire spectrum of the employee experience, I'm curious, where do you believe it starts and ends? So I know there are a lot of companies that are really putting a lot of emphasis on their employer brand right now. And even though, even though the person is still in the candidate stage, so they're not technically an employee yet, do you consider that as part of the employee experience or is that something different? And then on the back end, I now see that companies are creating what they're calling employee alumni groups, where after com- after employees leave, they now are still staying in contact with them because they know that they will be ambassadors to tell other people that, hey, here's a great company that I used to work for, and so they can help lower recruiting costs and hopefully attract better people. So when where do you see those two ends? Are, are they pretty much good examples of where it starts or ends, or do you look at it in a different way? That's funny that you, you know, I didn't think about how the employee experience, like when does it end? At my, uh, at Booz Allen, they have an alumni group. I'm an alumni. We connect with each other. We, um, you know, uh, after, you know, after all said and done, you're no longer with the company. But we also stay in touch because you never know what could come down the road and they need you, you know, you want to go back working there or, um, helping each other solve problems and evolve and learn and grow together. So that's, that's something I hadn't thought about here um, just yet. And us being smaller, you know, I, I definitely haven't thought about that as much, um, but it's something that, well, now it's definitely on my radar, but I think you were talking about the candidate is how's the, when does the employee experience start? It starts the second that I contact them or I have my first interview with them. And I, I really don't um, put on any airs um, where um, this, I like to keep it, how do I put this? When I am um, meeting with a candidate for the first time, I want them to get a slice of what it's like, like a, a bird's eye view of what it's like to work here. 
to work with me, to work with other, you know, employees here. And I definitely give examples of, you know, the different successes and struggles that we've had as a company, but also as um, employees. And I think by shooting straight from the hip from the beginning and giving them an idea as to who I am, hopefully I'm sharing a piece of our culture, you know, with them and it entices them to want to learn more and continue to, you know, interview for the position and consider us seriously for, you know, a role. Got it. As we were prepping for this interview, you had mentioned that one of the things you're really thinking about is how the current economy and the labor shortage is really affecting not only recruiting, but also retention. And so I'm curious, as we're coming out of the pandemic, and just to do a timestamp, today is... July 9th, 2021, as we are hopefully coming out of this pandemic and putting it behind us, how do you feel that the employee experience or what do you think are the expectations of the employee experience? And do you believe that's outside of remote work? And maybe that's just the biggest thing that everybody's talking about. But are there things outside of remote work that you think have changed as expectations of employees for the type of employee, employee experience that companies should be providing them? I think things are I think things are changing in a way where we're finally seeing how much our personal and professional lives blend together. It doesn't mean that, you know, I come into work and, you know, complain about an argument that I had, you know, with my sister or something like that. Um, plus sisters don't argue, you know, so <laughs> um, but it or finally, I am finally seeing how it's not. I'm. It's not that I'm finally seeing it. I'm seeing other companies and other leaders learn how important it is to lean in, and I think that that you know, leaning in. It doesn't mean it's not just. Um, it applies to so many different things. If you if if you have somebody if you have an employee that is struggling in their role. And you don't take the time to understand what's going on, you know, and, and for, you know, respectfully ask, you know, open-ended questions like, how are things going? What's going on in your life? What is the challenge here? A lot of times you find out that it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the role. It has to do with what's going on in their life or how other, you know, how others are impacting, other things are impacting their ability to do their, their job. And the more the more we lean in, I think the more we're going to get out of more we're going to get through this, but the the longer employees will stay. And I want to make sure that I'm emphasizing this isn't about coddling. It's not about hugs. It's not about like, you know, uh, saying empty things like, um, you know, you're amazing. You've got this, you know, uh, <laughs> like that's not. So, and we don't want to dismiss that like verbal recognition, you know, like um, recognition is important as well as like awards and things like that. But being there and showing up, that's what it's about. And I think that um, there's so many small things that we can do to show that we care for our people when they're doing their best, but also when they are just plugging along. And by being that constant support piece, coach, more coaching than managing, 
Um, I think that our, I think that the employee environment is going to be even more conducive to productivity, um, having a sense of belonging, being connected to the mission and success as, as a team. Got it. And then my last question is, as you mentioned earlier, you were saying that you didn't really think about some type of post-employment experience because of the size of your company and the mm-hmm. stage of maturity. But that made me think, how do you choose which part of the employee experience you should be prioritizing in real time? How do you choose whether, you know, we really got to focus on benefits versus recruiting or uh, actually, you know, right now we really need to focus on engagement. How do you know what's the most important thing to focus on so that you can create that employee experience roadmap? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm not sure there's one thing that you need to prioritize at once. Like I would say it's, it is completely even right now for I'm, I'm, I'm holding up my, um, I'm, I've got like palms up, like they're a scale, like on, you know, with both my hands. Um, recruiting is so important because we're growing and we need to be able to, you know, deliver to that growth. And, and of course we want, you know, to, to succeed in that way. But equally important is making sure that our people are, um, that they, they feel that connection. They are the reason why we've been successful until now, up to now, you know, and, and going forward. So we've got to make sure that we're using, we're not just focusing on one thing because what kind of message does it send, um, an employee who wants to talk with you about, I don't know, um, maybe their, their 401k or their, um, performance review or something like that. And if you say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I've been, fo- I, I, I really want to, I really want to chat, but I am so, I'm so consumed with recruiting. What, what, what does that communicate to an employee? And it's not even like, if you say it in that way, like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't been able to, you know, uh, or can we meet next week? Because I've got a lot of recruiting work or Emily's focused on recruiting. That sends a message. And, and, and so it, it, again, it goes back to that balance of, am I, am I balancing the priorities the way that they should? Um, uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's what's most important. And I'm always thinking about how can we add more value? Like, how can we, um, you know, what kind of, you know, every year when I shop for benefits, um, you know, making sure that there's, it's not just about healthcare. It's not just about like, um, you know, can I get two teeth cleanings a year? It's also about like, do you match in the 401k? Do you, are we giving them a, um, an opportunity to earn money that goes towards their, um, HSA or FSA, you know, by logging miles using their Apple watch or their iWatch, things like that. It's a lot to maintain, but you can't lose sight of any of those things. Um, and prioritize just one thing, I think. Emily, thank you so much for being such an awesome podcast guest, for being funny and transparent and authentic. And we just really appreciate having you here and helping to share your experience to help uplift the entire HR community. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. And hey, Bruce, if I can say one thing to the HR people out there that are listening, um, hang in there. God, things are so, things seem to be more difficult each day, um, more from one day to the next, but 
I just feel like this is a time to really, I mean, just keep your eyes and ears open and you're going to get through it. If you lean on your, um, your support, you know, that's your family and friends, but also it's your other HR colleagues. Um, and that's something that, um, if I didn't have my local Richmond HR village, there's a bunch of us that get together, um, once a month and we talk a lot on email, um, frequently throughout the month. Um, I don't know how I could do that without, you know, that support, but you guys just keep going. Plus one to that. Hope all of you take care of yourselves because we know that self-care is the best care. Yeah. But Emily, thank you so much. So where can people find you and Alton Lane online? Okay. Um, you can find me at um, Emily, E-M-I-L-Y, at AltonLane.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, I've got all my contact information right there for all to see. And then you can also check us out at um, AltonLane, A-L-T-O-N.com. We are actively hiring and we have a, we have a, a career site that's connected to our LinkedIn job postings. So um, I love to chat with any of you, you know, who are going through the same stuff that I am or have ideas. Um, yeah. Don't be a stranger. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes. So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this episode as much as Emily and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, if this is your very first time listening to one of our interviews, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.